Blog Talk Radio. the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from Houston, Texas at 9 a.m. Central. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, or get reminders of upcoming shows. My call-in number is 347-945- 5309. You can telephone in and listen on your phone. You can call us using Skype, um, and you can call and ask questions. We also have a chat that will be open in just a minute. I also offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics and spirituality, the coming changes, and the kinds of things that we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this free newsletter out for about 12 years now, and to sign up for that, you will go to hotpinklotus.com. And I don't ever share your email address with anybody. Your privacy is important. Today we've got an awesome show with Niara Isley. Um, Niara is a widely known expert in the field of extraterrestrial contact and exopolitics. She first encountered this phenomenon while working in the U.S. Army in the field of radar technology. While assigned to a post in a classified area in the U.S. desert, she saw certain things she was not supposed to see, and this encounter changed her whole life. Niara, who's been interviewed on Coast to Coast, has spoken with me twice before and has agreed to come speak with me again. And today she will be talking about alien invasions versus extraterrestrial extraterrestrial contact and why she feels there's nothing to be afraid of despite all the fear being pumped up by TV shows and movies around ETs. The other topic we will discuss which fits well with it is mind, emotions, intuition, and discernment, which is about developing our expanded senses by quieting mind and emotions, which drown out our perceptual abilities most of the time. And so let's open the line. Good morning. Hi, Lois. How are you doing? I'm good. So where would you like to start? Mind and emotions or? Um, Well. Intuition? Well, let's touch on the alien invasion versus ET contact uh, theme for a minute because it it segues really well into that. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that... um, people worry about, especially with this uh, terrible new TV series out there called V, which is probably a very entertaining series. You know, uh, for people that like to be scared, it probably gives them a thrill. Um, But the problem with series like that, uh, movies that feature alien invasions, is that if alien uh, contact or ET contact does happen if ships do start appearing in our skies and landing. Uh, the first person, the people that have watched these TV series, that's the first place their their mind is going to go. Is to yeah, that scary area. I, I won't even area. look at that. It's too disturbing. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I, I try to advise people to stay away from it. And people are so worried about it. Well, what if? What if? What if? Um, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if they appear to be good and then they really aren't, which is the theme in the, the VTV series. Um, and it's like what I want to tell people is that you are not powerless in your discernment as to know whether something is good or bad. If you're using your five physical senses and uh, and basing things on your emotions, yes, then you can be fooled. You can be fooled through the mind and you can be fooled through the emotions. But you can't be fooled as easily through your expanded abilities. And I would say you can't be fooled at all through your expanded abilities if you develop them sufficiently. And I think that uh, David Wilcock has said there's a lot more light coming onto the planet right now and light is actually altering us. It's actually waking us up more. It's giving us more... Uh, psychic ability. So what we need to do is we need to use that uh, capacity of light coming onto the planet uh, through photon energy and uh, lining up with the galactic core to extend into our own abilities 
as Obi-Wan Kenobi said to Luke, stretch out with your feelings. Yeah. You know, to really, really to understand. Because I've heard so many different scenarios uh, on the Internet. I've heard about uh, Project Bluebeam, uh, which is uh, uh, a type of technology that I uh, they have that they can project holographic images into the sky to make it look like there's a craft up there, maybe even to make it look hostile. Um, I've heard other images of giant images of Jesus could be projected into the heavens through this Project Blue Beam, and then all the fundamentalist Christians are going to get all emotional thinking, oh, Jesus is coming again, you know, there he is coming in the sky, you know, because a lot of times they, they just haven't, you know, not all of them certainly, but many of them have not educated themselves well uh, and, and they don't know the difference. Um, all they're working on is their emotional energy. So then there's the possibility of false flag operations where the, the, uh, the military or the shadow government could take back-engineered extraterrestrial craft and stage what looks like an ET invasion. And uh, so there's all these different scenarios that could happen. And people sitting down here on the ground are thinking, well, we're just at the mercy of this, and how do we tell the difference? Well, the thing that we need to understand is we need to, to learn to develop our own ability of inner discernment. It's our birthright to have this ability. And it's been taken from us uh, through specific means, which I'll mention in a moment. Um, and it's been programmed and reinforced uh, down through the ages, that we are not to trust our intuition. We are only to trust outside voices of authority and what they tell us. And we're in, and you can, you can, I'm sure you know, as an intuitive yourself, that we live in a world where people are taught to trust what their five physical senses tell them, and to kind of discount or push away intuition as well. That's just your imagination. You know, how can you really be sure of that? So what we need to do is we need to carefully venture into that area of our intuition and learn to trust it, you know, with little things that we do every day so that we build our discernment, uh, a confidence in our discernment ability uh, to trust the things that we see around us that uh, we have to make decisions about every day and, and learn to trust our gut, learn to trust our intuition. Yeah, I'm always amused when people try to lie to me because um, <clears throat> it's not possible anymore. I've, I've expanded enough now that I know when people are lying, and I just feel puzzled. Why would anyone do that? And yeah. so if people will just do and that comes from meditation for one thing. And also mm-hmm. right now it's easier and easier to develop that, like you said, because of all the energies that are flooding onto the planet to help us. At this mm-hmm. time, so there's no way yeah. we can be fooled. And so, why don't we talk right. just for a second about who who it is that's trying to scare everybody? I mean, anything beyond the shadow government, or are they behind? Well, um, the thing, the question I get asked over and over again by people is, um, what about bad ETs? Aren't there bad ETs out there? And don't we have to be uh, worried about them? Well, what I try to tell people is that if there are bad ETs you know, like with malignant intent, they have likely already been here and caused a great deal of trouble. Uh, David Icke has done extensive research on reptilians and how they may have come here uh, in ages past uh, in the Mesopotamia, the cradle of civilization area in the Middle East that's now Iraq and Iran, um, which is still a very embattled area on this planet. Um, Grains which so many people have sensitivities to wheat and, and grains. Um, and But grains kind of appeared out of nowhere in that same area. And, I, and it's my uh, feeling, my intuition says that they were either brought here from another planet uh, and planted and cultivated to feed large numbers of people in a small area, um, i.e. possibly slave labor for one reason or another, um, or they were cultivated here and, and developed here from the natural grasses here, or maybe there was a hybridization process that took place between uh, something brought in from outside and something already growing on Earth. But um, 
reptilians may have been here, according to David Icke, they are um, responsible for the ruling bloodlines of the planet. And a lot of the mischief that we see going around us right now that we kind of label with one, you know, big name is the shadow government. So I would say if you're worried about bad ETs, you need to start looking at some of the material that says that they've already been here and caused a great deal of, of trouble and mischief, and they they could be responsible for some of the disasters that we see unfolding in our, in our world right now. Um, mm-hmm just through unmitigated greed and and desire and power for control because those kinds of energies in people or populations or groups are not sustainable. They're like a cancer. They're going to consume everything around them and they're going to dominate and control everything around them until they choke the life out of it and then nobody wins. But it's their nature to to do that unless they too... Uh, evolve and transform, which I believe some of them are. But there are some holdouts that are just really scared to of change and they want to maintain the, the power quo that has been for so long and they don't want to change and, and they're desperate to avoid it. And so the people that are the richest and most powerful on this planet um, are also the most insane and sociological, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. sociopaths. Mm-hmm. And you see it because they're not thinking about the long term. They're not taking care of the planet for the next seven generations, as the ne- as the Native Americans taught us. They're just use, 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 consume, 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 exploit, destroy, anything that, that increases me and my power. And it, then it's become pathological. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're seeing it big time in the Gulf right now. Yeah. You know, just this pathological... Uh, desire for greed, just yeah. uh, running they, rampant. Mm-hmm. They could have stopped that leak with a shaped charge, is what the people in the oil field tell me. They could right, have stopped it right. a long time ago, but they would never be allowed to drill there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're letting it leak so out. So if you're worried, yeah, go ahead. They're letting it leak out because they figure they can reclaim it somehow, and they don't care if a little bit of it gets loose into the ocean, and it's yeah. sick, twisted greed. But anyway. Yeah, it is. So and it's who in it is, an area. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Who who it is that wants us to uh, be afraid is the people who are already in control. Right. They want us uh-huh. to be afraid when the good guys land or. Yeah. Well, around. when we're afraid, our expanded abilities can't turn on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So again. If people who are listening to this are worried about bad ETs, they need to seriously consider that they have already been here and may still be here in some some form. Mm-hmm. And the ETs that we are hope, hopefully going to be having contact with very soon uh, are the ones we want to meet. And this television series, V, with uh, making the ETs land and they look so beautiful and they're curing disease and they're doing all these wonderful things for humanity, um, it could be exactly the kind of psychological programming through television to make people fear ETs that would show up and appear to be really good, who really are really good, and make them not trust it. And all of this is based in the fact that people are not using their expanded abilities for discernment. So um, I don't know when I was on the show before if I did this, but I have a musical metaphor that if people are listening or people listen to the show later on uh, will really help them understand what resonant truth energy feels like in their body and also what dissonant untrue energy feels in their body. Okay, so I'm going to play some musical notes here. And uh, you and and your listeners, just go quiet and listen for a minute. And what I want you to do is just go quiet. I'm going to give, I'm going to count like 10 seconds of quiet. And then I'll play the resonant notes. And And you feel how it feels in your body.
So what was your experience of that, Lois? Well, for me, that felt joyful. Uh-huh. felt good inside okay. my... It, it felt it mainly inside my chest, and it felt joyful, uplifting. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay, now let's take a few more seconds to go quiet, and then I'm going to play a dissonant chord. And you can feel the difference in your in your body and in your energy system. Okay, so go quiet again for a few seconds here. Okay, big difference, huh? Yeah, that was creepy. Mhm. Yeah. So it's the same way. So what what music is is music is vibration that we can hear with our ears, mm-hmm. but we also feel it in our body, and it's the same way with truth, and then varying stages of untruth. Um, now I would say the people who are manipulating the government and the media, they know this. So what they will try to do is they'll take something true and then they will try to put it together with something that they want you to swallow that's not true. And so if you really pay attention to incoming information, um, you will be able to, if you can clear your mind and your emotions out of the way and just go quiet with it, you will be able to sense and discern whether the information being given to you through TV or any other form of media has that resonant truth or that dissonant something is off kind of feeling. And uh, do you have any questions or comments about that? I think that's a, an excellent idea because, you know, even a lot of people will, you know, they'll do, uh, they'll use a pendulum or something to say, oh, is this true or is this scary or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you don't always have the pendulum or any other tool for that matter. It's really important to begin to feel it in your body because that enhances your expanded abilities. Right. And and that's always with you, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So the thing is, is there's another thing, another term that's kind of come up in the world that I want to talk about for a minute here, which is called cognitive dissonance. And that's when uh, the reality that we've been conditioned to that, um, just use myself for an example, I grew up in the United States of America. I I was taught it was the greatest country in the world. I was taught about our Constitution. Uh, I said the Pledge of Allegiance. I was taught about, um, you know, history and civics in school and, and how our government was supposed to run and checks and balances. And, and also I was taught about religion and that Jesus came to save save us from our sins and uh, the Ten Commandments and all of that stuff. I was brought up on that. Um, being an unusual child, I questioned a lot of it, you know, even back then. But I w- it left me conditioned to a reality that when the things that happened to me in the military happened, um, I was completely unprepared that that kind of thing could go on. And it, traumat- and, it, and it induced trauma because I'd been conditioned to one reality that I thought was real and true that certain things couldn't happen and then this other thing happened to me. And uh, if I had learned about the world as it really was, it might have been really a difficult experience to go through, but maybe it wouldn't have been quite so paralyzingly traumatic. <clears throat> so anyway, what happens uh, with the cognitive dissonance is that after I reclaimed my memories, then I had to, I had, I had to kind of readjust my picture of, of what the, re- the world really was. And, th- and that's when you run up against cognitive dissonance. It's when the reality that's presented to you that you know is real is in huge conflict with the reality you've been programmed or conditioned to. And so there is a term called cognitive dissonance where the person has to learn to rely on their intuition and what their their feeling uh, expanded senses tell them, even if it runs contrary to the programmed reality. So that's another thing that people need to be aware of, is when you run into something that's completely outside your normal everyday reality, 
um, you really have to pl apply the sensory, uh, the expanded senses to discern what's going on with it. And then you have to be willing to readjust your picture of reality. Um, do you understand what I'm saying about this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. A real simple exa example is um, we're told, uh, like I think a lot of people could have experienced this one, that we are told um, that, you know, love feels good and you hug, you get hugged and patted on the head and kind words and then somebody, uh, like a parent or aunt, uncle, grandparent, spanks you and says, uh, I'm doing this because I love you and this hurts uh -huh. me worse than it hurts you. That, I think yeah. that sets up a, a little tiny bit of cognitive dissonance. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, it's good to have a tiny example next to my big example. <laughs> There's all these different kinds, different gradients in between that one and mine. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. But you start, like for me, one time I was sitting on the sofa and I was uh, just meditating, I believe, and... Um, suddenly this thought just popped into my mind that, um, that that Jesus was not born from a virgin birth, that he was a very special master and he had very special abilities, but he, he probably he wasn't born from a virgin birth. And that was a heresy back at that point in my life. And, uh, but, but the way that the knowledge came into me was such a profound realization that um, I couldn't push it away. Mm -hmm. I had to just realize that, yes, he was a very special man and he was probably a starseed or, or, you know, some very special incarnate being. Um, but God doesn't break his own laws, so to speak. So um, anyway, that was just kind of my, one of my realizations. Just it depends, I guess, on how you're raised and what religious tradition and all, but that could really, really flip somebody out. I and mean, then they, mm -hmm. because it, it occurred to me when I was pretty young that it might not have been a virgin birth. She might have sat down on something, mm -hmm. you know, that had semen on yeah. it, for example. Yeah. Um, but... I could have also dismissed that. Yeah, anytime something huge happens, like uh, that has nothing at all whatsoever in your in your reference in your world view, like uh, I don't know, an ascended master appearing in the room, and you don't mm -hmm. believe that there are any beings that can do that. That the like that happened in biblical times, but it doesn't happen anymore. And then it happens, and that could set up cognitive dissonance. Yeah, yeah, it can. Um, another thing that happened to me when I was uh, still living in Las Vegas was um, after I had my hypnosis memories return, I started seeing little golden ET beings in my room in my apartment at times during the night. And I didn't see them with my physical eyes. I was seeing them with my third eye. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was not prepared for that. And finally, I just begged them to go away because I thought, I, I really need to see it with my physical eyes if I'm going to believe in this. So just please don't bother me unless I can see you physically. And now I wish I had never done that. <laughs> so, but uh, they were not anything evil at all. They were very shy and kind of playful seeming. Um, but they did leave <laughs> when I asked them to. Oh, I've had a whole lot of people tell me these gigantic beings show up in the room. They're 12 to 15 foot tall, and they're, they're, the people are freaked out and say, please go away, even angels showing up in the room. And, the, and they're freaked out and say, please go away. And then later they say, why did I do that? Why did yeah. I tell them to leave? Because the good guys will leave instantly when you ask them to. Right, right. Uh-huh. Well, that's that's what we're talking about, the cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing something that completely challenges my reality, and I can't handle it. Yeah, and, they think they might uh, be crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so now we've mentioned cognitive dissonance after the musical example of resonance and dissonance. Mm -hmm. Okay, and when you hear something that's not true, you're not, of course you're not going to hear music, but you are going to feel the same thing in your body that we felt when I played the, the resonant chord and the dissonant chord. 
Okay, we're going to feel that same energy. That's an important feeling to note. And anybody listening and maybe yourself, you might want to go to a keyboard and play around with those resonant uh, chords and then the dissonant chords just so that you really anchor in that feeling in your body of what resonance and dissonance is. Um, now, where I want to look at the things, the reason I want to do this show is because I haven't run into anybody else that's talking about this. Um, I run, you know, I... I hear the people that are talking about the uh, the grim things going on in the world that the shadow government is uh, responsible for, and then there's just mainstream media with all the fear that it pumps up and so on and so forth. But I don't hear people talking about giving individuals the tools to navigate through their lives and navigate through this sea of information uh, with discernment with developing their own inner discernment. So that's what I really want to, to give to people today is that, is that development or at least the beginning stage or steps to develop that discernment inside yourself with your own expanded abilities, which all of us have. So the other two things that really get in the way of, um, of, of using our expanded abilities, let's just call it our intuitional radar for a minute, Okay, uh, being too much in the mind and too much in the emotions jams our intuitional radar. So it can't really function. And emotions, uh, let's take a look at those for a minute too. We'll just kind of look at the emotions first. And uh, we have all kinds of different emotions. Um, people have distilled them down to two different ones, love or fear. But under love, we have joy, we have happiness, we have comfort, connection, um, bonding. You know, there's so many different things that can be used to describe love. And then on the other side, we have fear, sadness, hate, anger, frustration, aggravation. There's so many different words that are gradients of either love or fear that we can get into. And... Uh, I would say the shadow government knows this quite well. And so that's why through the media, the television, even movies and, and uh, TV shows, um, they serve up imagery to us that is going to stimulate various emotional states. Um, and blissful emotions can jam your, your radar just as much as the negative ones. Um, they feel good, but if they're... Um, if they are produced by someone with an, who has an intent to manipulate you, then it's just as risky to be completely blissed out uh, via certain uh, information as it is to be angry or depressed or, or feeling hate. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, one example was um, I'm usually pretty tuned in driving the roads here in the mountains of uh, southwestern Colorado. But one uh, time I was driving home and I was completely blissed out and I really wasn't in my body. I was singing. I, I, was, I just had a really good experience and um, I ended up hitting a deer. Mm. And it's because I was not tuned in. I, I feel it was that I was not tuned in. And, uh, of course, that brought me down really fast. And for a month I mourned that deer for actually I still mourn it. <laughs> Um, because, you know, I don't like to hurt animals. Um, but I, I just noticed that when I'm really, really blissed out, um, I'm also easily led in a particular area. So um, while I'm not advocating becoming Mr. Spock from Star Trek, I do advocate understanding what emotions are, how they act in our body, and the different uh, mind states that they create which make us easily led. So if we're watching TV and we get shown a bunch of fearful images, whether it's a, a television show or whether it's the news, and we get shown fearful images, horrible images of uh, things dying, of people dying, uh, it has an effect on us emotionally. Um, and the best bliss experience I can think of that's manipulative is uh, religious bliss. Um, c certain uh, 
factions of the Christian religions or other religions, they rely on really inspiring that emotional bliss that feels so good to people. And then when people are in it, then it's it's more conditioning to believe a certain way, to act a certain way, uh, to feel like you're on the one true path. And it's all emotionally based rather than intuitionally based, rather than expanded senses based. And so, it's again, it's really you really have to be careful of emotions. In their best sense, emotions are for bonding people together in social groups because when we're bonded together in a social group and we care for each other, uh, it enhances our survivability as a species. In ancient times, um, love and connection, uh, we would fight to protect each other. Uh, Parent-child relationships, um, the mother instinct is the very strongest one because uh, they know that that's the best way for the children to survive because the mother will fight to the death to, for her children. So that's a right use of emotion. That's a right use of love is that it would be used in defense. And then there's the, uh, it would be used even in self-sacrifice to preserve the, the family unit or the community unit. Okay, so love, joy, happiness, uh, laughter, contentment, all the things that bond us together in social groups, that's a right use of the emotions that fall under love. And we saw a very wonderful, dramatic example of it in Lord of the Rings, where Samwise, uh, at the very last part of the, the trilogy, he says, well, I can't carry that ring for you, but I can carry you. And he picks his friend up and carries him up that mountain. And yeah. uh, I think all of us were just so moved by his love for his friend that he was there helping him to that degree risking everything to help his friend. So these are right uses of emotion and and when we're right, yes, these are right uses of emotion. Mhm. And so when they're being manipulated, the the emotions are being manipulated. Um mm-hmm. that's what keeps us from being in tune with our expanded mm-hmm. abilities. Right, right. It really does. Um, we need to really be quiet. We need to really be quiet and really be in our center and not stirred up mentally and not stirred up emotionally to really perceive with our intuitional radar. Okay, so the wrong uses of emotion are, again, uh, religious manip- manipulation through the emotions that people go to church and they have a wonderful, blissed-out uh, spiritual seeming experience, but at the same time they're getting uh, the experience that they get from being in church or being in a religious setting, um, they're also getting pumped full of dogma and, you know, getting that programming and that conditioning to a specific set of dogma um, that may or may not be true, but it serves the people who are in charge you know, the religious leaders, because then they get the tithes and then they get the uh, the offerings and they get the, you know, they can get people, people that are in the grip of a lot of religious uh, fervor uh, give tons of money from that emotional state. And I heard uh, heard about one woman who was living on cat food or dog food because she was giving, she she, was, she had very little money anyway and she was giving all of her money to the church. And then when she needed to eat, she was eating cat food. Mm. And so this is, again, this is a wrong use of those kinds of emotions uh, at, the, uh, at the love end of the spectrum. Okay, and now the other end of the spectrum is engendering fear or hate or anger or grief or depression. Um, a lot of the horrific things that we see on the TV um, generate those kinds of things. We get angry, and then it kind of goes inward because um, there's those things in the world that look so big and so powerful, we don't know how we're going, going to make a change. It's like, um, I was thinking, how can we really do something about the Gulf? Because um, I've seen uh, a recent report by James Fox, 
saying that there's a media blackout down there and that they're arresting people uh, or they're confiscating people's cameras and not letting them take pictures of, of how bad it is down there. And uh, there's just a lot of control being exercised. Well, they don't want people to really know just how bad it is down there. So again, it's a form of manipulation and control. And uh, so when we see the fear-based things, oftentimes we don't know what to do about it. Um, what am I trying to say here? It just seems like the government sometimes seems too big to go up against. So when we get angry about what they're doing or not doing, um, oftentimes we have to just kind of simmer with that because we don't know what to do about it. And uh, so it doesn't really uh, serve us too well in that re regard either. Um, anger that doesn't have any expression uh, kind of tends to build up and create disease. Uh, you're a healer. You, you know that repressed emotions uh, usually over time manifest as a physical disease. And uh, did you have a comment there? No, I was just going to say oh, okay. um, that the, the problem with allowing ourselves to be manipulated like that is agreed. It does make us have physical, physical or a mental, emotional diseases because when when we wind up, because ultimately this does build co cognitive dissonance because you're mm -hmm. you're perceiving one thing and you know one thing's going on and then. You have other things pumped into the consciousness. So yeah. it's almost like they're trying to create mass cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I would yeah. say that's a really good, astute observation. Um, so because it's crippling. here we have all these. Yeah, go ahead. Because, because that's crippling to, to mm -hmm. have everybody immersed in that. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah, it is. So then on one hand, we have emotions. And emotional states um, coupled with the incoming information usually creates mental states that are just as damaging. So some people get really upset with their emotions because emotions are really distressing to feel. And so then they'll try to shut down their emotions and then live only in the intellect. And the intellect is really ego-based. And the ego is concerned with our individual and collective survival, but not necessarily in the best way. Um, the ego, because it's not using, it's not drawing on the expanded senses, it's not drawing on discernment that's available in the moment, um, it's, all, it's constantly trying to outthink itself. Well, I have to stockpile all this stuff because the government might go under and if it does, then I won't have. If I don't plan ahead, I won't. I won't have food, and I won't have shelter, and you know, I'll be, you know, I'll die. So that basically comes right out of the mental thing of the ego about, um, well, if I don't completely try to outthink everything that's going on around me, um, I'll die. So it's constantly analyzing, figuring out, and uh, doing all that stuff. You've heard the saying that. Uh, the mind is a good servant but a bad master. Right. Well, we have a, yeah, we have an awful lot of uh, bad mastery <laughs> going on with people staying in their heads and trying to figure out and analyze and and uh, and try to get through what's going on in the world that way. And that just as much as too much emotion, uh, it creates a situation in us where uh, we are not open to our intuitive abilities. Um, you know, one of the ways I describe it to people is there, there are two, there's a constant battle within everyone between um, spirit and ego. And back in the Back in the beginning, we didn't need to have ego and uh, the spirit would get just all expansive and want to do wild things and the body wouldn't survive. So in comes ego to let us know when the body is in danger and fear is the emotion that happens, you know, from the ego when the body's in danger. And somehow things got out of balance and ego uh -huh. or intellect took over. Instead of the big decisions yeah. being made by soul, they're being made by ego. And that's the constant battle right. is when how to listen to soul instead of ego. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I have ideas about how that came about as well. I think once upon a time, maybe we were higher dimensional beings, um, and we lived in a state that was very joyful, and we really didn't know the opposite of that. And then something may have happened, um, whether another species came along that was more negative, um, but some trauma occurred. And it forced beings that were naturally spiritual and joyful and had all those expanded abilities intact, it gave them a big whack because it wasn't part of their experience. They didn't know that it even existed. And it, it traumatized them. And then they shrank into the ego and started operating more from there than from their expanded abilities, trying to plan and uh, uh, prevent it from happening to them again. You know, they kind of went into the survival, which is, you know, pretty much the, the the firm solid ground that the ego operates from is from survival. Right. So um, I think it's really trauma that causes us to shrink into the ego and and then start being fearful of our survival and trying to uh, outplan and outthink and outanalyze anything coming to us that looks like it could be a possible threat and then trying to plan, plan, plan and, and analyze, analyze until we feel like we've made ourselves safe. And the only safety that I've found myself, the way that I've had to deal with my own fears and my own process around that is to just kind of relax and say, you know, anything could happen to me. Anything could happen to me. It probably won't, but it could. And so um, it's kind of like you just have to be quiet. You have to just understand that there's any number of things out there in the world that could come to you. But if you can just let it be okay, like if I die, I'm not, that's not the end of me. I'm going to continue. Um, if I suffer, I only have to get through it one moment at a time. You know, so... Everything that I, I felt like I was afraid of, I faced in myself and saw myself moving through it successfully in some way, even though it might be difficult. And then that kind of put the fear to, to rest. And so now it's a lot easier to go quiet, to get centered, and to not let things interfere with that centered uh, place of mind, body, and spirit. And from that place then the intuitional radar can function much better. And we all have it, and it really operates in the present moment. That's another really, really important part of the faculty of expanded, expanded senses and intuition, is that they operate in the present moment. They operate in the, in the moment that they're needed. And it operates as simply as this. I'll get in my car to drive to town, and I'll get an intuitive flash that the best uh, path of least resistance is to turn down this street and go this way. And if I, if I can catch that intuitive flash, then my drive to town goes very easily. And I'm getting much better at catching those intuitive flashes. Um, I'm even using it for eating. You know, well, I'm hungry. What's the, the, the healthiest, uh, most supportive, nourishing thing I can eat right now? And then I'll get the first intuitive flash and if it's not in the house, I usually get a flash of which store to go to to get the food. Um, so I'm living this way more and more. You know, I'll just have a question that comes up in the moment, and I get the intuitive flash. And if I act on it, everything goes really well. And if I don't act on it, then things don't go so well. They go from minorly frustrating to, oh, my God, you know. And I've, you know, run into. I can look back on my life and see those flashes of intuition I didn't act on that got me into hot water. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it again, it's something people need to realize that this intuitive gift usually works only in the present moment when it's needed. And this is why my spirit guides have told me. They said you don't have to worry too much about survival concerns. What you need to do to navigate through any situation that arises in the world from here on is for you to just stay very present, very centered, 
and just listen in the moment and you'll always be told in that moment which what the next best thing is to do. And uh, I loved it in the, the movie The Celestine Prophecy where um, the priest was telling uh, John that, you know, just pay attention. Something will always happen. You know, there will always be that synchronous moment. There will always be that flash of insight, that flash of intuition. There will always be a synchronicity of an event, a person, place, or situation that you'll be guided to that will be the right thing. But in order to go through life uh, hooked into that kind of guidance, we have to deal with our emotions and we have to uh, learn to quiet them and we need to learn to quiet the mind and its its busyness and its desire to constantly figure out and analyze. So we have to quiet that. We have to quiet the emotional states go quiet in the center, and then we can respond present moment by present moment by present moment. And when information coming into us, whether we see Jesus coming in the sky or an alien invasion coming in the sky, we will be able to know inside of ourselves. If we can look at that, notice, okay, well, that looks scary, and I am feeling my heart beating a little faster, but I'm going to breathe and I'm going to quiet everything down and then I'm going to perceive what exactly is going on around me and if I truly need to fear it and get out of its way or if I am okay or if everything is good. So it's really about developing that discernment because this is the best tool that I can give to people. I'm going to be writing about it in my book. Uh, This is the best tool that I can give to my fellow brothers and sisters of humanity to navigate the times that we're in. Because we can't do it, you know, trying to create security is really an illusion. Um, The masters have taught us that down through the ages. The only constant in the universe is change. And to navigate change and to navigate challenging situations and and, and even good situations we have to have these intuitive faculties at our uh, at our uh, ability to use them, and uh, this is. I, I just don't want people to be afraid. I don't want people to feel that they're constantly at the effect of everything around them. I want them to awaken their intuitive gifts so that they can navigate these times that we're living in, which are very challenging, and have some. A reasonable way to feel good about the way that they're moving through life. So, do you recommend any um, exercises people can do? Like, um, do you meditate? Do you believe in meditation? You feel like I do believe in meditation. Yeah, um, I did vipassana, uh, Buddhist insight meditation for about eight years, and I still do it. Um, I do it a little different than I was taught um, because um, I'm using it really precisely to really open up to the expanded abilities and really sense what's around me in the moment. Um, Whereas, you know, they have kind of uh, sometimes a different focus. But meditation is really good. Anything that quiets you down. um, If you have one of the standard chimes which are very beautiful, clear ringing chimes, uh, just ringing that several times, can, the sound just kind of cuts through everything and brings you to that quiet still point within. Another one is uh, listening to a crystal bowl, you know, like chiming a crystal bowl or listening to a ring and then let the ring die away into silence. And then as the ring dies away into silence, you'll find yourself very centered and very balanced between the mind and the emotions and in that nice still point inside yourself. Um, There's also a breathing technique, uh, which I learned, and it's in uh, Barbara Brennan's book, Hands of Light. And she talks about breathing in such a way where you rasp your breath against the back of your throat so that you can actually hear your breathing. And it kind of sounds like this. It will sound a little strange, but I'll do it. It's like... So did you hear that? Were you able to hear that on the 
softly. Phone. I could hear it softly, but yeah. you're saying rasp okay. the air across the back yeah. of your throat. I, I think yeah, you just kind yeah. of breathe in in such a way that the air uh, kind of moves across the back of your throat in a in a way that's audible to you. Mm-hmm. And just that sound of the breath, it's like the wind. And the breath, incidentally, is our connection to spirit because it's actually drawing spirit in. It's... Um, it's it's the universe breathing us as we breathe in and out. And so it's it's a wonderful practice. But you breathe in, you breathe so that it's audible to you in the in kind of the back of your throat, in and out. And uh I would just take account of, of at least ten breaths like that where you just keep your attention very focused on that sound of the breathing. And then you'll find yourself becoming very quiet and very centered. So does it rest on the exhale or just the inhale? Yes, it it does on the exhale as well. Let me see okay. if I can try one or two again and, and, and you can see here. Was that any better? Yeah, that was louder. That was easier to hear. So okay. both on the inhale and the exhale, and focus on that. On the inhale and on the exhale, because then it, it gives the mind something to focus on. The mind will want to do all kinds of busy things, but this gives it something to, to put its attention on. Mm-hmm. And, and then it helps guide you into that quiet place. So um, those are some of the, the tools for centering uh, being in nature is really good. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say is when you find yourself in a emotional state or in a, a highly mental state, you can always use the breath to calm yourself down. The breath will follow your emotional state. So like if we're afraid, we'll start breathing short, shallow breaths. And if you notice, if you're able to develop that inner witness that notices what you're doing throughout your life, then you can notice and you can say to yourself, okay, I'm feeling afraid right now and my breath is short and shallow. I'm going to change my emotional state by choosing to breathe deeply. So even though um, when we have a knee-jerk emotional response and our breath mirrors that response and our heartbeat mirrors that response, we can choose to slow the breath down and change our emotional state. Um, the emotional state will also follow how we're choosing to breathe. So breathing is really, really an important uh, centering tool. So if we're frightened and our, we catch our breath like, mm-hmm. like that, then that yeah. makes us vulnerable. That's one reason that mm-hmm. people are trying to frighten the masses is that it increases our vulnerability and our strength and power is in being centered and centered in our center of peace and not having anything rattle us. Is that a right. rewording of what what you're saying? It is. It's yes, it is. It's a good rewording of what I'm saying. And uh I just, you know, we have people in the world uh adrenal exhaustion is a very common problem. And I think it's because of uh overt emotions and frightening images and then we have thoughts that then in turn generate more emotion and it just becomes a vicious cycle. And so it's a train that I invite you uh, and all the listeners to step off of and just choose. Do something radical. Just choose to be calm and centered in the midst of whatever's going on and know that nothing can truly harm you. Your body can be killed, yes. You know, but and and suffering can happen, yes. But we have so many remarkable stories of people who have come through suffering, and at first it was really hard for them, and they didn't know how they could bear it. But as it went on, they discovered new strengths inside themselves, um, and they became even deeper, richer spiritual beings as a result. Um, the invasion of Tibet by China caused a tremendous amount of suffering in Tibet. And uh, Tibetan Buddhists were imprisoned, but they have found a way to move through it. Uh, The Jews that were imprisoned in concentration camps, there are stories that came out of 
tremendous pressure that those people were under in Hitler Germany. And yet they found a new strength inside themselves by moving through that in a mindful manner. And maybe they weren't mindful when they went into it, but they had to develop the mindfulness later and really understand that no matter what was done to their body, they were free as long as they didn't surrender themselves to their fear. Very well put. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got about five minutes left. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered yet? Well, I think I've mainly covered it um, to just kind of cycle back to the alien invasion versus ET contact uh, ideas. Um I would say, you know, if you really like going to the movies and, and like seeing some of the things uh, that are there or watching TV, um, also take time to know what's real for yourself and what's not. Uh, and if we do see some remarkable things happening in our world, like saucers appearing in the sky or landings happening, um, or if we happen to see an extraterrestrial some evening, in our bedroom, in that wonderful theta state, just between asleep and awake. Um, Try to have the presence of mind to understand what's going on and perceive what's going on around you. Stretch out with your feelings. Um, Make yourself quiet. If you notice yourself getting emotional, bring yourself back to center with the breath. Get Get that quiet centeredness in yourself. If you notice your mind going off into too many busy thoughts, analyzing, preparing, planning, uh, worrying, again, bring yourself back to center. Whatever comes at you in the world, try to respond to it from your center. Um, That's where the word responsibility comes from, that ability to respond. So... um, I just want people to have all the skills they need to navigate this challenging time that we're living in so that we can all awaken and we can all make a better world because I believe we can do it one present moment into the next. And so when we're watching television and watching movies, if they're starting to feel dissonant or uncomfortable or uh, painful in the body, or then the thing to do is just not watch that show. Right? Right, right. Because it's, there's it's no, very reason, true. no reason to mm-hmm. feed yourself the fear-inducing um, right. juice, whatever Well, the other, thing, the other thing that's very important to know about uh, negative imagery and words and sounds is that uh, it generates neuropeptides in the body that are destructive to the uh, cells of the body, destructive to the immune system, that really these neuropeptides actually start to attack the body. Um, Deepak Chopra did a study where they used two test movies. One was The Sound of Music and one was The Omen. Uh, One was a beautiful movie about uh, hope and and people conquering over uh, terrible odds and the other one was very frightening. And then they, they, they would have people watch these movies and then they test their neuropeptide levels. And they found that the neuropeptides from both movies stayed in the body for about a month. And only the negative neuropeptides would undermine the body's functions, but the positive ones would enhance the body functions. They right. build up the immune system. And so uh, these were just two movies that they tested. We're constantly inundated with imagery, sounds, words and everything in our society all the time it's all having an impact so we've only got about 50 seconds left so i really um i think that's a really great place to end is if it feels bad shut it off yeah if it's a movie get up and walk out Mm -hmm. um and protect yourself because you are affected and bruce lipton wrote a book about how those things affect us at the cellular level too so thank you for being with us I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, Lois. (laughs) I'm so happy you're here today. I love talking with you. And I hope we'll do it again. I love talking with you. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Great. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.